0: Everybody, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching on YouTube, we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can, because we have a great show in store for you today. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka Mo. Mo, how's it going today?
1: Hey, what's going on, Amber? Doing well. Uh, Got a big cup of coffee. I'm ready. Let's do it alright
0: well hey I don't know if you caught the big friends reunion that came a while back but it it was great I'm a big friends fan and I was you know anticipating this reunion I think we've been talking about it for years but it was finally gonna happen and so I, I didn't catch it at midnight when it was released but I did make sure I got it in in that opening weekend but it was it was so cool the way that they you know brought everybody back together and you know you got to sh- share in the memories and your favorite clips and things like that. But one of the things that I found so fascinating was as the creators got to talk during the reunion, um, it was David Crane and Marta Kaufman, and they talked about the process of, you know, casting the friends and how they would have, you know, auditions and people would come in and they knew as they created the show, they knew they were looking for particular qualities in actors to to kind of bring these characters to life. But it was a it was a hard process. They just kept having lots of different auditions and they were looking for that right thing. And then and then they found these actors and it was amazing because they even as they would they they have these auditions and they would somebody would come in and they're like, man, we we know we want this person but it didn't necessarily fit exactly the way that they had imagined and so but they knew that they had to have these people and so they found their five people that became our friends and you know we we all resonated with that show because you just got to watch people do life together but i think every one of us saw ourselves a little bit in one of the characters i know from time to time people would call me monica and I'm pretty sure that was for all the really good <laughs> reasons. But it was just, it was amazing. And, you know, to imagine that any one of those actors would not have been on that show. It just, it wouldn't have been the same. And so it was just really cool to listen to their process and how you know painstaking it was, but they really put in the work to make sure they had the absolute right people. And that's what we're gonna talk about today because you know leadership, it's all about the people. And so you've got three things that we need to know and understand about people. And so why don't you tell us, what's the first thing that leaders need to know about about
1: people. Yeah, man, what a lead. And that's great. In fact, I mean, David Crane and, and Marta Kaufman, they are geniuses, right? I mean, think about just nailing it. And who knows, maybe there would have been other people or whatever. But I mean, they, they did what this first point is, which is, they found the right people. And that's the first point today, leaders find the right people. And so when we're talking specifically about leadership, you would figure that whatever job that you're in, right? Um, when given a project, the most important thing would be to get the ship moving, right? And uh, get it moving in the right direction and then, and then choose the people that need to be on the team because now you know where you're going, right? That's not the case. In fact, you know, wherever you re, you're at right now, like today, it's exactly the information that you have um, is what you need to be successful. I mean, the, you need to, to save yourself and the company a lot of frustration. And this is how you... You do that. You do it by not starting with the vision, ironically enough, right? You have to start with the people. And so, in in fact, in previous podcasts, we have mentioned um, what it means to train your people. But sometimes we forget that the first thing we have to do before we train our people is to have the right people on the team, right? Yeah, but that kind of brings up the
0: question, what if you don't have the luxury in your position to be the person that hires and fires like what kind of impact can you really have then on who's on your team?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I would say that most of us are in or have been in a, a process of life and where we work, where we, we don't necessarily choose the, the hiring process, right? We're not really sitting in there. There might be recruiters or a hiring manager or whatever. And all of a sudden they say, Hey, this person's on your team. But whatever it is, if you don't have that luxury and you're going to be given, you know, people, I would just say this. Leaders think about the people factor before all else. So whatever, whoever you're given on your team, you need to start thinking about those people. Now, if you get to be a part of that process, wow, you're like miles ahead. But, you know, we need to think about it. Whoever's on your team right now, um, if they've been given to you by your company or you've been given to them, uh, that's where you start, right? I mean, you you, you have you have who you have. And so that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing because everybody has wonderful pieces of who they are. And once you have these people on your team, then you can start from that to have a direction, a strategy, a, vi- a vision, whatever. And so Jim Collins says this in his book, Good to Great. There's our first book today and we always mention it, but Good to Great is, is the first book recommendation of today that the very first thing that he does in helping uh, a company is to figure out who's on the team then he formulates the vision from there. And I would say that that is not necessarily what people are used to doing. But at that point, after he has those people, then he starts formulating the vision, the mission, the project, whatever it is, and then starts realizing where those people need to be. Does he have the right people on the bus? And that's where the real work begins. Well, that just
0: seems so counterintuitive though. I mean, if you're like... If you're doing a startup company, you usually do that because you've got some sort of vision in mind or a preferred future. Or if you're a part of a company that's already established, they most likely already have a vision in mind. So it feels so weird to think we're going to think about the people first and then the vision. How how do you how do you practically do that if you're in part of a company that already knows where they want to go?
1: Yeah. I've been part of a lot of startup companies and helped a lot of companies and startups, and I would say that the vision that uh, the the boss he or she starts out with usually isn't necessarily where it ends up. I mean, there's a lot of changes. I mean, we've made a lot a lot of changes in in the company that we are are in, and even with Rising Tide and what we've done, because things come along, people come along, and then we think wow, we've got this vision, but now we've got these people. Let's shift this a little bit. Not, not not change the vision altogether, but shift it a little bit. And that's why getting the right people on the team and as early as possible, like you said, is important. And if you have the wrong people on the team, nobody wants to think about this. You have to remove those people if they don't start to fit that vision. And you can see that when people start kind of pushing. Now, pushback is good, right? I mean, we just talked about pushback and different perspectives, but there is a common vision that needs to be laid out where it's like, hey, this is where we're all going. And and it's really important, meaning if you look at your team, the question is, you know, what kind of people do you have? And we've talked about Patrick Lencioni's book uh, in the last couple of weeks. And that book is called Leaders Eat Last. And he, uh, he tells us what it takes to change the climate of the team, right? That's what we are talking about. Well, he definitely understands to change the climate that it's about having the right people on the team. In fact, Patrick Lencioni actually says this. He says that for organizations that are, are seriously committed to making teamwork what he calls a cultural reality, that he is convinced that what he calls, quote, the right people, close quote, are the ones that are, are, are you know, holding certain things, certain uh, values. And he he talks about humility. He talks about hunger. He talks about people smarts. He talks about all this stuff that we need to be looking at. So the question is this, what kind of people do you have around you at this very moment in your job, wherever you're leading? Are you concerned about getting the right people on your team? Or are you just tackling whatever projects and vision are, are put in front of you and not really thinking about the people because you just don't have time to think about that? Well, that's the only thing you have time to think about is your people. <laughs> it, it's like trying to to, to force a, a square peg into a round hole. You just can't do it, and you end up, you know, frustrating yourself. And then you know you break a lot of stuff. And among that is going to be people. You're you're gonna you're gonna break them, and you're gonna mess them up, and you're gonna make them upset. And again, right, Amber, it's all, it's always your fault <laughs> as the leader. So do your due diligence. Put the time in to find out. Who on your team have the qualities that you're looking for?
0: What do you mean when you say put in the time and more specifically, how much time? Because I know, like for me, <laughs> you know, you and I have talked and it's like, this is going to take time. And I'm like, well, how much time? Because, I, you know, this is day one and I already feel a year and a half behind. Like we have all these things to accomplish. So what does it mean to really put time into your people And and how long is that process?
1: Yeah, I, I always smile big, right? But I, I got an extra big smile when you started talking because I knew exactly where you were going with that question because you and I have had that conversation so many times, right? It's like, well, Mo, I, I do want to put the time in. Uh, how much time do I need to put in? And, and what do I always tell you? As much as you need to put in. And I didn't know in the beginning, but, you know, after we spent a few weeks together and I got to know your team and I got to know you and the organization, then I could actually start putting, you know, time timeframes on it, and I'm I'm actually pretty good at that now. And you have gone through that process more than a couple times with more than a couple teams now, Amber. And you actually do it really well now. And I think that's becoming at least a little less frustrating for you. <laughs> so for our listeners out there, if if you are frustrated the way that Amber was, Amber's always frustrated. But if you were were frustrated a little bit the way she was, just know this: if you don't know where to start why not try to do what Lencioni does and look for humility and hunger and and people skills. So that That's a great place to start. Figure out the criteria for your team members that you want to have on your team. Figure out that if the people you're talking to um, on your team have those and fit within that at the moment and fit that description, because if they don't, they're either going to need to get on board and learn those, or you're going to have to, compensate and bring other people on and you might need to remove some of those people. And that's not always a bad thing. I mean, we've removed people. Um, I I've left companies before because you know, I just wasn't on board or whatever. And th- that's not bad because we need to make sure we're in the right spot at the right time. And we're not talking about the law of timing today as John Maxwell talks about in 21 laws of, of leadership, but we might want to talk about that because the law of timing is always really important. So, um, You really need to do that and you need to start by finding those right people. So leaders, are you doing that out there? It's not an easy process, but it's a worthwhile process.
0: I I like what you said about, you know, finding your criteria too, because it's, it's not going to be the same as everybody else's, but if you don't know what you're looking for, how are you going to know if you found it? Right. (laughs) So point number one was leaders find the right people. What is point number two for today?
1: Point number 2 for today is this. Leaders stay focused on the right people. There's a guy named Robert South and he says this, "Problems can become opportunities when the right people come together." And I love watching the right people come together on teams. It is so fun. And leaders, you are in a relentless pursuit. I love I love that 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 phrase, a relentless pursuit. Not just to fulfill the vision, but to get the right people and help them continue on your team during that process of any project to reach that potential. And again, in Jim Collins' book, we see that there's a story of a guy, and his name is uh, Carl, I think it's Carl Reichardt is the way you say it. And he became the CEO of Wells Fargo way back in the 80s, right? And some of us were alive in the 80s, but a lot of our listeners, (laughs) they were not. They're like, the 80s, that's like ancient. Yeah, it is. Um, But he immediately got a snapshot of Wells Fargo way back then, and he put it in front of him, and he, he wanted to see who were the people on the team. And then he found out who the right people were, he found out who the wrong people were and then he put his time into the right people and he removed the wrong people in his estimation right and so he had he had a team and he said this is the team that that I want that I want to go with and so what he did next though is really important now, now now that he had the right people around him he slowly began to add value to those people on a daily basis it was that painstaking process. And in fact, there are a lot of big names that ended up kind of doing some really spectacular stuff in the world of finance in years to come in the 90s and, and into the 2000s and even today. And if if you were to say their names in their, partic- their particular circles, everybody would say, oh, wow, that person came from Wells Fargo. Yep, they did. Because to come from his team, you really had to be a part of his team. <laughs> you really had to, to to jump on board. And how did they do that? They were recruited by Reichart along the way as he was building his team and that vision that was before the company, the vision changed a little bit based on the people, but he didn't stop at just getting the right people and saying, well, we're gonna get the job done. No, 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 no. He was relentless in adding value to those team members. In fact, years later, when uh, he was gone and some of the executives were still there and kind of looking at all the wonderful people that were now part of Wells Fargo, pretty much every person that was awesome at that point or a rock star in, in, in some case in that company came from the Reichart tree. And so many uh, of my favorite things to do uh, have to come from uh, talking about coaching, Right. And so I always look, Amber, at coaching trees in different sports. Now, a coaching tree is kind of who coached you and who did you work for and and where did you come from and, uh, you know, how did you learn the things that you did? So I have a bit of a, a treat for you today, Amber. <laughs> and so for our listeners that don't know, um, Amber is like the biggest 49ers fan. In fact, um, as she moves from house to house, she slowly gets closer to San Francisco because she just loves, (laughs) she just loves the 49ers. Right. And so Amber, let me ask you, and you you better know this. Who is the current coach of the 49ers?
0: Kyle Shanahan.
1: (laughs) Of course. Right. Okay. So now whether you listeners, whether you, you like him or not. All right. We do know one thing that guy comes from good coaching stock. Kyle worked for his dad, Mike, for a few seasons. And of course, that was probably the biggest influence in his life, right? It was his dad. Um, And so Kyle also worked for John Gruden back in the early uh, 2000s. And Gruden was with Tampa Bay at the time. Now, stay with me here. John Gruden actually uh, worked as an assistant on the 49ers years before that in the 90s. And he worked for a guy named Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren actually worked for the 49ers before that as a quarterback coach in the early 80s. And who, Amber, This here's the question. You better you better get this right. Who is the famous coach of the 49ers in the 1980s? Oh, that was Bill Walsh, for sure. <laughs> of course. And, and one of the first books that I had you read as a leader, as soon as I found out you were a 49ers fan, I said, you have got to read Bill Walsh's book. And so all of our, you, you need to read, Uh, his it's kind of an autobiography but it's also about leadership and bill walsh is just incredible and so what do mike shanahan john gruden mike holmgren and bill walsh all have in common they're all super bowl winning coaches so that's my long way of saying amber that based on those influences in leadership that have come before kyle shanahan that uh, he that means we up- have a Super Bowl in our future. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you knew you couldn't even wait. You knew where I was going, right? <laughs> and that really is a long way of saying this: that building into people is primary, and continually building into them on on all fronts is the most important thing that you can do, because you never know what these men and women are going to go on and do after you. And so what's the tree of leadership that you have come from? I could tell you my, my leadership tree, you have got a leadership tree also, and you never know the influence that you're going to have on the people that come onto your team. So when you get those people, put some time in, because just like Reichard uh, and Wells Fargo, continually building into others and adding to the team, just like Bill Walsh did, is going to bring a whole lot of stuff and a new rock star in the future but to do this in the in the words of John Wooden he would say you always need to like all of these uh coaches and all of these leaders that i just mentioned you always need to keep the team as the star of the team and that's what all of these uh people have done
0: wow so really <laughs> You know, when you think about the team, or even if you are a fan of a team, you're thinking about the team as a whole, but really you're saying that the priority is thinking about each of the individual people on the team, which really kind of leads us into our third point. And so why don't you tell us what that is? What really is the priority?
1: The priority is this. Leaders keep adding the right people. Once you identify the right people in the team, and then you start putting into those team members, now you've got the criteria. And now you have to just keep adding more right people. And I want to start off this point by giving our listeners and also you, Amber, a brand new book recommendation. And, and I've been excited to tell you about this one. And, and in fact, it's going to go on the most top 50 book list like now. And the name of the book is this. It's called Beauty Queen, Inside the Reign of Avon's Andrea Jung and talk about a leader with charisma. I would venture to guess that pretty much everybody who's listening to this podcast and beyond has heard of Avon. But if you've not read Andrea's story, you really need to do that. So Amber, you need to pick it up today, um, unless you already have, but it wasn't on the top 50 book list, so I'll give you a pass. Um, But it's, it's an important one. And I'll tell you this, Andrea Jung says that talent is the number one priority for the CEO. And she says that, You know, you have to think about vision and strategy, and Amber, I know you're a strategy person, but if you want to think about vision and strategy, Andrea says that you have to first get the right people, which of course brings us all the way back to our first point, because it's very circular. Remember that Jim Collins said, what, it doesn't matter if you have all the vision in the world, if you don't have the right people around you, then you can't do very much with that vision. And wow, that is wisdom. And so one of my personal life coaches, a guy that I talk to on a regular basis. In fact, we had a conversation this morning, tells me all the time that there are two rules in business. The first rule is to focus on relationships. (laughs) And the second rule is this, see rule number one, (laughs) because it's all about relationships. And just like Andrew Jung says, that's the priority. Your people and and leaders, you need to be putting all of your time and effort into thinking about your people. So the question is this, how much of a premium do you leaders put on your people? Notice how Andrew Jung doesn't say that you just want somebody, but you want the right talent. You want people with the right skill sets. You want those people, and then you want to put them in the right place on the bus, as Jim Collins would say, right? You want to get them in the right seat. And you'll be able to see within her story the way that she continued to build on and make one of the most recognizable brands around the world today, still. And that's the kind of company that I wanna work for. That's the kind of team that I wanna be a part of. I wanna be a leader and work within that culture. In fact, give me a leader like Andrea Jung and, and, and I will I will work for her no matter what she does. I'll follow her to the ends of the earth because she's got that vision, but I know that she's going to put people first, so she's going to put me first. And I want to be around those kind of leaders. Amber, those are the good leaders. They do whatever it takes. And so leaders, you need to do whatever it takes to be that kind of leader in your in, in the lives of others, and you need to get those kind of people to lead you as well.
0: It's so interesting because if you think about sort of the last generation or so of people going into the work field, it seemed like there was such a a need or desire to work for a cause or just to really find something that you really believed in, something that made it worth getting out of bed in the morning. But then A lot of times people would get into those fields or or start to work for those causes and really become disillusioned or find it unfulfilling and then really kind of thought it was their dream job or their cause that somehow was off. But if I'm understanding you correctly, it's really about good leadership, that good leadership is what is inspiring and makes it fulfilling to work in that environment. Am am I understanding that correctly?
1: You are right on track. And so let let me ask a question to our leaders today. Are you following good men and women? Because notice how all of those football Super Bowl winning coaches didn't start at the top. They all learned from somebody great. And that's what we need to be doing. But Mo, you might be asking, right? I thought you just said that the team is the star of the team. And now you're telling me that talent's the most important. So which one is it? Well, let's hear directly from one of the greats, in my opinion, of any business anywhere. And it's this. I'm going to give you the quote first, and I'm going to tell you who said it. The quote is, talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. And guess who said that? None other than Michael Jordan. (laughs) Now, if there's a greater talent anywhere, then I don't know uh, where, where you can find that. He was the best at what he did, but he would also argue that it's not just talent. It's taking all the talent together for the importance of the team. And that's when it all comes together. Yes, it's about talent and putting in your people so that you can put it all together. And when you have the best talent, then you have them all focusing on winning as a team then you are unstoppable. So yes, the team is always the star and any great leader knows that. But when you get the right talent over and over again, and then they start attracting more talent to be a part of wherever the team is and where those stars are, then you're in a special place. So, Mo,
0: leaders find the right people, leaders stay focused on the right people, and leaders keep adding the right people. So, before we go today, do you have any final thoughts for us?
1: I always do, right? (laughs) It's this, whether, you know, it's John Wooden and the Bruins in the 60s and 70s, uh, if it's Wells Fargo's in the 80s, if it's the Bulls of the 90s, or a whole other slew of football coaches over the course of several decades... It's all about people and people are what matter most. We never know when the next great talent is going to present himself or herself to us. The best that we can do is find the right people at the beginning of the process, focus on those people and continually add more great people to those people. And that's when the team is going to get incredibly awesome. Because in the words of one of my most influential mentors, leaders do two things. They build people and they build teams, but they do it in that order. Start with the people, build the teams, change the world. That simple.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.